Hi, I'm Ben Bies. And I'm Carly Bies. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys. This is our story of a controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God. Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned. While also providing a dash of humor and loving banter. We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on our journey. Welcome Hello. back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about this Friday launch thing. It's been a crazy week. Yeah. Yeah. So we apologize. Sorry. It should for be th- Thursdays. Uh, yes. And it will be moving forward. We yeah. just have had two particularly crazy weeks that were not like predictable in terms of our nights that we typically record just didn't work out. So um, Carly, tell them why we wanted to do Thursdays. Um, I thought we'd said because no, it's our like so. our um patio date night. Yeah. We never told the audience that. Oh, I thought we I thought we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- once we had kids and we realized it was near impossible to <laughs> really have any time by ourselves anymore. Um we implemented a weekly date night on our patio. So after the kids went to bed, it was um just an evening on our patio, we would take turns either making a new dessert or some sort of adult beverage. And, um, yeah, our, we would keep our phones inside and just talk and try to be as intentional as possible, catch up, um, while eating a great dessert. Yeah. We're drinking a great drink. So, so we always looked forward to Thursdays. Yeah, Thursdays was like yeah. the big day, yeah. Yeah, and it was almost it always it was almost Friday, so it felt like just we could make it to Thursday. It was <laughs> something to look forward to that evening. And both our jobs are very busy at the beginning of the week, and Thursday mm-hmm. is almost like a, a breath anyway, mm-hmm. and it just it gave us something to yeah. really look forward to. And we couldn't do it like year-round just because for you being a coach, it's we just have different times of the year that we can be more intentional, but that was our way of being intentional with each other. So Thursdays was because become our launch day because of that. I know it seems like it's becoming Friday now, but, <laughs> but the goal is we're going to get back to Friday, back to Thursdays. I'm still feeling a little bit. Um, we were watching Dr. Pimple Popper for a few minutes and it's like so addicting and so satisfying, but equally um, making my stomach turn. <laughs> so I'm, I'm feeling a little gaggy. <laughs> as is, in case as is anybody <laughs> was, you know, wondering about Carly's guilty pleasure, it's pimple popping. Yeah, I did. I forgot. I forgot that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's what, what is so satisfying about watching that kind of thing? It's just. I don't know. I can't watch. Yeah, it you get you have a really weak stomach when it comes to that thing. But anyway, so bear with us. Um, last week's episode. We were, we were rich for about 2.5 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and for longer thinking about being rich before the money came in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, when the windfall came, so came the best business ever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we talked about getting the money. There's um, 
one thing that I want to revisit again because when we talk about um, manipulation and and those sorts of things, um, our pastor did something very um, manipulative when it came to finances and money, um, and that was there were times when we couldn't get groceries and he'd hand me a hundred dollars and say, Hey, go take your wife out for dinner. And it would be so weird because I, I think I would come home and I would want to go out with Carly, but it'd be like, uh, we should maybe buy groceries instead. He was always really adamant about using that money for going out or like it, it couldn't be used for what maybe we really needed it for. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that falls in line with this business stuff because um, when we were on the show in that m- three, four-month period before we actually got the money um, was our anniversary. And someone in the church had taken out a loan because we'd promised to pay back everybody's loans because it was for the businesses we were doing. And he took $500 of that loan and gave it to me and said, go take her to a nice hotel for a couple nights. And... It, it was so funny because even at the time I thought in my mind, well, you're basically giving me my own money right <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, that's a loan that I'm going to pay back and you're giving it to me and maybe it makes me feel better about spending it to go to a hotel. Um, but, you know, it was one of those things that really messes with your mind. You're like, oh, yeah, he really does care about us. And then you realize, well, it's not really his money, so does he really? <laughs> Maybe if he did, he'd let me go home every once in a while. (laughs) But that was one of many times that that happened. Yeah. Um, But as we moved on, uh, we started a new business. Throughout that fall, it was ramping up. (laughs) And it really began in January 2008, I think is when we got the papers for the new business. Mm -hmm. And it was a corporation. But don't forget that you had to write the business plans for all of these other <laughs> fantastic businesses that we had, we talked about a few episodes ago. So it wasn't like just, oh, we had these business ideas, we implemented them, we were in a sweatshop for a couple months, and then we were over it. Ben had to write a business plan and business proposal for every single business. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a business student, so... No, remember when you went to... El Camino for a business. Oh, yeah. um, what was that? It was a small business small thing, business, and I met with like, some counselors that, that certificate help you. you got. Yeah, and they help you write a business plan, and yeah, I, I did a lot of work on it because I didn't have an understanding of it, and just like anything else, I was going to make sure I could do it. And <laughs> um, I remember the first one I had to write was for one of the first businesses. I can't I, maybe Priestly Garments, or I don't think we wrote a business plan for that one. It was maybe the greeting cards and. I remember missing like two weeks of church because I, I was trying to write this business plan and write an exit strategy, and I put a lot of work and time into it, and obviously nothing was ever. But why did you have to miss two weeks of church? Like, like you were only doing it on Sundays and Wednesday nights. No, I was doing it for two weeks straight. Because you were extremely busy. <laughs> Is that what? Were you still working at the church during that time? Where you were extremely busy yeah. doing nothing on the computer. No, that I mean, I was extremely busy writing business plans. <laughs> okay. Selling right. shirts on the corner. <laughs> so, um, 
and not being allowed to open the church during the day. Because at one point I had an idea, we live in a low-income area. Wouldn't it be great if the church was open for people to come in and get some food or be able to pray? I'm here anyway. We might as well open it. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to do that. That was that would have been very bad. Yeah. If yeah. we allowed people to come into the church. You and, don't know as people. Um, but uh, throughout the course of the fall, we started a new business based upon the graph, the incredible graphic design you guys all saw. <laughs> you guys obviously took all of your best skills and created this multimedia business. Yes. It was basically graphic <laughs> design, but also... Web design. Um, web design, videography, photography, uh, product development. I mean, it was a little, it was a full <laughs> multimedia suite. Your one stop shop <laughs> for anything media. <laughs> and it was called HW Design Incorporated. Incorporated. <laughs> Well, the HW stood for Holy Writ. He finally realized how dumb of a name Holy Writ was. <laughs> so it just became HW Design because right. that made more sense, which I guess it kind of did. But Talk um, about the logo. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't even begin to talk about the logo. So the logo, you'll probably do a better job of describing yes, the logo. Just I will. In, in, in how excited he was about it and, and the prophetic. Um, yeah. Just everything prophetic about it that was, you know, went along with it. It was a um, box, a 3D style box with an H on one side, a W on the other, and like a Roman wreath. Yeah, like... Wreath um, on the other. Like filigree, yeah. Yeah. Um, and with and, and then the texture was like a marble color blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was so excited because he's like, we're, we're hiding. We're hiding the, the truth, the, you know, the scripture in here. And, and no one's going to know that it's really a Christian company. It's holy writ. But the HW in this box is hiding the truth and it's going to explode into the world. <laughs> and didn't it spin? It was 3D. No, no, I actually made it spin in one of the programs that I learned to do. Okay. Okay. So, so it looked like a child's play, t- like, block. <laughs> yeah, it did. With, like, alphabet letters on it. Yeah. But it was HW, and it was, <clears throat> like, three-dimensional, um, and, yeah, had, like, the Greek f- filigree on it. Yes. Foliage, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't even know what filigree is. <laughs> I don't really know either. <laughs> I meant foliage. Um, if filigree is something bad, we apologize. <laughs> But it was, yeah, it was definitely top-notch, super high-quality, <laughs> and um, yeah. But I remember we were all like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, like, just, like, it just, again, was like the, he knew what he was doing for the vision of this business, and um, we were just so glad that he was the boss. So now he becomes... Like not only your pastor, but truly like your boss. Yeah, you guys he was all before, but employed yeah. like strictly just under this business. Didn't people like quit their jobs to do this? Eventually, maybe not, maybe right away. But I don't think anyone had jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I quit my, my job being... at the church to work at a business for the church. <laughs> my point being that like you guys <laughs> I were did there nothing all day. For God anymore. <laughs> you guys were there all day. Yeah, and by there, okay. So this is this yeah. is how it goes, right? Um, the first 
six months of the company. It started again in January, and, and it was ramping through the, that whole fall when our money was being sucked out to every other area. Um, but the amazing thing about it is myself and five of my friends, along with the pastor, did this company, and uh, we were all very talented and skilled in different areas. Wasn't I wasn't necessarily in designing, but... I could speak to people and I can negotiate. And um, one of my other friends was a great salesman. Another one of my friends was an incredible artist. And as crazy as it was to start another business, this business could have been successful <laughs> if we had a different boss. <laughs> if it was just me and my two friends, we we would we'd be sitting pretty right now with a with a good business under us. Um, because we all had good work ethic and we were smart enough in what we did. Unfortunately, we didn't have a good boss. So you guys basically taught yourselves. I mean, you taught yourself how to write code and design websites. Yeah. Like something that you would never, I remember always thinking like, this is, this is something I never would have ever expected Ben (laughs) to be doing because it just wasn't like the creative aspect was not like what you were always best at, but it was incredible how you taught yourself how to do all these things. Like you were smart. You were so smart. You've always been so smart. Um, well, thank you. And even though like, like designing creativity isn't necessarily like your strongest gift, you were smart enough to be able to teach yourself how to do it. Well, the great like thing what about the client wanted, the great thing about coding is someone else would do the design and coding yeah. is basically like, putting together math problems yeah. to make something fit right on a page. So that kind of stuff is right down my alley. So I was like, oh, I can do this and taught myself how to do it. Another friend taught himself how to do flash um, and and some other more intense coding. And another friend um, taught himself how to use a video camera. So you know who you are, bud. <laughs> Chief videographer. <laughs> and edit his film. Yeah. Um, and, th- and we did some some pretty cool stuff. But in the midst of this, um, about that time when this business started and, and Holy Writ Greeting Cards was still making its push towards a sputtering death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just being drugged behind the back of a car. Um, is when <laughs> our pastor went on sabbatical. Um, and we all know sabbatical is a good thing for people to, to go to, to to renew themselves and and usually it's to do some extra study and, and it's for a short amount of time. And most healthy churches like require a, a sabbatical yeah. for their pastors every... Which is a great thing. Yeah, every so many years. So yeah, it's, it's to keep the pastor refreshed and renewed and not and keep him from being burnt out. And, and give him a chance to study what he wants to study. Yeah. yeah. Um, but our pastor basically went on sabbatical because he said he wanted to start these businesses. And he wanted to have more time to do it. So from from that point in 2008 on, he rarely came to church. Yeah. And by rarely, I mean for the first part of his sabbatical, he, didn't, he literally didn't go to church for probably six months. Mm-hmm. And then for the next year and a half before everything collapsed, he maybe went once a month max. Mm-hmm. Um and even we were starting to not be allowed to go to church because we were doing so much work. Um, and at this point also is when our main business center was in his house and in some other people's house that were close to him in an apartment. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so those were our two main areas of business. Because you and didn't have an office yet, didn't have... Exactly. Yeah. Which was the smart thing to do. If you're doing graphic design, there's no reason to have an office. Yeah. I mean, the smart people would never get an office. Now, we weren't <laughs> smart when we got an office. But um, this is also when we started spending even more time at his house and even spending time at his house through the night. Mm-hmm. Now, the only time before when we would spend time at his house over a, a crazy amount of time was when we were doing Holy Writ greeting cards. And what I forgot to mention last time with that great business was something called the handmade African cards. <laughs> <laughs> and that was because one of our friends knew how to do macrame. You know, like you hear summer camp in seventh and eighth grade. Well, macrame is cool cool now, but he, yeah, you're, you're, you're more referring to like the hemp necklaces that yeah, we so, wore in junior high. So we learned how to do it with this twine and then just made like stick figures with it and then put them on a card on these really exotic cards and, and our pastor labeled them as African handmade greeting <laughs> cards. Like people in Africa made these people of twine, but it was me. <laughs> And some other guys. I'll I mean, at forget. one point, do you think, like, <laughs> really, we're calling these handmade African greeting cards? Well, they were handmade. They were. They were definitely handmade. Yeah, I guess you just how you look at the <laughs> emphasis on what syllable. <laughs> well, it's, it's like saying, um, yes, like, I baked these cookies. That doesn't mean I made the actual cookie dough, but I baked these cookies. Yeah. You know? So... But I'll never forget when <laughs> you guys made a trip to Michael's for ma- materials. <laughs> yeah. Spent like, what, $1,200? It was $1,300. I remember <laughs> specifically. It was $1,300. I don't, I mean. On, like, stamps. <laughs> like, <Okay>. basically, <laughs> like, our two sons couldn't spend $1,300, and they loved crafts. I was going to say, I love crafts. I don't even know if I could... I don't know if I could spend $1,300 in Michael's, although stamps are quite expensive. <laughs> but yeah, what no. were the stamps for? I don't know, some of the African handmade greeting <laughs> cards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like all kinds of stuff, like flower appliques mm, and... Glitter paint. And... <laughs> just... Oh my gosh. Yeah, and then you guys would make like little stick figure ladies with... Like African dresses on and like headdresses too. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. We didn't sell any of those. They were very expensive too because they were authentic handmade African greeting cards. <laughs> you had to pay for your overhead somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so sorry, back to the story. <laughs> um, so this is when we really started to spend a lot of time, especially because, you know, we were all trying to learn things and he liked to be in control to make sure that we were learning things in these when he was learning like things himself as yeah, well obviously right? not a lot but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had tutorials lynda.com was a great one if anyone wants to learn anything lynda.com oh i don't remember that yeah it was great they teach you everything about photoshop and oh, illustrator okay. and um after effects and everything adobe swedish so um <laughs> We spend we started spending a lot of time there, and um, many people have asked us about his wife, and where was she during all of this, and 
because um, well, we were close to her. Like I was close to her. I mean, to a degree, like close to her because you were close to the pastor and I always really liked her and, um, she was like really authentic and she was, yeah, I just, I looked up to her in a lot of ways. Um, she wasn't like overly flashy or like about herself either, yeah, she was which was, really nice person. um, which was just really great. But yeah, so she, you were still so involved with him. So even though he was on a sabbatical, like you still saw him every single day. Every day. Yeah. So it, and talked to him 15 times a day. So it didn't really feel like they were on a sabbatical, but she kind of was disappearing. Yeah, it was one of those strange situations where you're like, do we? We ask were there, about this? and then we started spending all night at his house working, and she wasn't there. She wasn't there, and she wouldn't show up in the morning, and she wouldn't be there the next day, and it was just a very strange situation. And every once in a while, he'd do a church function, and she would come to show face. And that probably happened for six months to a year, and then... Not even that. No, I would say maybe six months. No, because we went she, to Africa that... Oh, that she October. didn't go to us? No. Oh, wow. Yeah, maybe six months, and then she just if disappeared. That, yeah. And not, not a word was mentioned about no, it. No, she did. He did make a reference. He did finally bring it up that... I don't think he addressed it to the church, but to you guys and to, like, us, that basically, like, she was painted in a very poor light. Yeah. And she was, you know, the Jezebel and couldn't hang and, um, yeah, basically, like, she she was painted as being in the wrong and she was the negative person for sure. And we, I mean, I remember being so torn about it because what I knew of her, I just couldn't, like, it was just really sad. And I think there was a part of me that could understand because I remember, I remember her, I don't know if she told another lady at the church this, or if she told me this, but I remember her saying like, I just can't do it anymore. And there was a part of me, most of me was like, what do you mean? Like, this is, <laughs> this is like what God called you, you to do. You can't enter and, into the pearly gates. Right, right. Like, what do you mean you can't do anymore? Like, we're all in this together. This is what our life is. But then I remember there was a small part of me too that was like, get out. Well, I just, it, I think it just, my heart softens her just in the sense of like, wow, I I just couldn't even imagine like how hard it must be for her, how hard it's been for her. Um, and yeah, she was doing what was best for her. Like, and I mean, there's no doubt in my mind she made the right decision. Um, but yeah, it was never, her name was never mentioned or, and it was never addressed at church. And it was just kind of like those of us that were, either a part of leadership and I wasn't necessarily part of leadership, but because you were like, I was just, you know, married to you in that way. Um, you know, knew more details than other people did, but yeah, it was like very awkward. And then it just was never talked about and she left and no one really ever talked to her again. Yeah. And it, even to me, it was never addressed. Like we're getting a divorce. You know, they could be, still separated and married to this day for all I know, knowing the the kind of 
whatever. But um, so that's where that went on for the people who've asked that question. This is about the time where she just kind of disappeared, mm-hmm. just stopped showing up places, stopped mm-hmm. coming home, and maybe she stopped coming home because there was, you know, four. Tw- early 20 year olds at her house <laughs> 24 hours a day well i mean this had obviously which would been probably going on. give anybody a, a weird feeling well i mean i don't think that that was the reason she left she had reasons well before we got there <laughs> that why she decided to leave and i honestly can't blame her for any of them i can't, I can't blame her for ma- for marrying him in the first place <laughs> yeah i just so i that's yeah i can't blame her for anything. I can't imagine how hard things were behind closed doors for her. Um, yeah, the shaming. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, because, like we've said, he he's, has put on like a really great face, like in public. But it was becoming more and more clear how manipulative and abusive he was um, behind closed doors and in the name of Jesus. So I couldn't imagine what it was like, you know, being his wife. Yeah. Me either. But it was, he was also like very much a victim. So um, I remember he, he, while he didn't talk about it much, like he did play that to his advantage that he was a victim in this situation. Very of, much. When it, when it needed to be, when he needed a sympathetic ear, it was, can you believe my wife is doing mm-hmm. this to me? Yeah. Yeah. My marriage is having so many problems. Yeah. So. We did this business, and we started it, and it, uh, like I said before, it maybe could have been successful because we hustled. I mean, when you talk about hustling, like, we <laughs> hustled. That's why all the people who, you know, say when you start your new business, you do things for free, you, trust me, we did it, okay? So <laughs> don't ever tell me if I'm going to start a business and need to do things for free because we did things for free for probably six months. Six months. Well, yeah, up to the whole course of our business, we did, but um, especially starting out, there was a there was a um, website called Design Quote, where people would put up projects and people would bid on it, and mostly it's people like overseas that you can get like a logo for ten dollars, you know. Um, not us, you know. We were doing logos for ten dollars, and there was six people working full time at the company. <laughs> Um, unlimited revisions, $10. <laughs> I can't tell you how many headaches that was for me. Oh my gosh. And here's the hard part is I wasn't a creative designer, so I, I had to deal with all the clients. So while everybody else was doing the graphic design, there was one girl who worked with us who was awesome and always on time and worked hard, did great work. And I would just hope, like, I hope she's doing this project because <laughs> if she is, it will get done in time. It will get done right. Oh, versus pastor doing it? Versus yeah. the pastor. When he did a project, you just never knew. You could say, hey, the deadline is, is is Monday. They need it by Monday. We said we give it by Monday. And if he's working on it Sunday and something else came up that he thought he'd want to do or was more important, he would do that. And then I would have to talk to the client and tell him, oh, yeah, um, smooth it over, basically. Yeah. Really hard. And that <laughs> happened throughout the course of this business that whatever he thought was supposed to be a priority would take priority. So we'd have a big project due on a Monday and someone would show up on a Friday from our church and say, I need a flyer for my barbecue business. And he'd be like, oh, we need to help him out. We need, And we'd work three days straight, literally three days <laughs> straight on it and have these paying customers that wouldn't get their stuff in time because it wasn't as important to him. 
he was like the most scatterbrained, horrible boss ever. <laughs> and then I always had to pick up the damage control. Like yeah. I was always the damage control guy. There was there was one guy we worked with over and over, and we were late on every single deadline with him because our pastor would always come up with something new to do instead of his deadline. And I had called him for the fourth or fifth time, and I and I was just honest with him, and and I tried to have some grace with him, and he'd have some grace with me. And I remember him saying, "You're really good at this. <laughs> You're really good at, at making me feel important, even though you guys are totally screwing up my business." So, <laughs> you know, I appreciate you. Just so you know, I really do appreciate you. But your business, I can't do business with you anymore. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I don't blame you. Um, but this design quote. Um, stuff would pop up from 3 a.m. in the morning until like 10 a.m. in the morning. And um, it became very clear that if we missed a project that was could have made us some money, like a crazy website that was like 10 grand with all these things in it that we couldn't actually do and didn't bid on it. So you'd have to buy a bid and then... Once you bought the bid, you could bid on it and send a proposal, and they would maybe say yes. So we spent thousands of dollars on being able to bid, thousands. And we we got it so much that we were like number one on their website for service providers, but we were number zero on the amount of money we made. <laughs> so it was just it was just the and we put it on our spreadsheet and you know. That, that'll that be one of the things we put on probably our Instagram stories. I've got one of the spreadsheets of our our stuff that we've done that we'd send to potential clients with us being number one on design quote. Like like your resume? Um, no, portfolio. Oh, okay. That's what yeah. I meant. Sorry. Portfolio. So um, because of that, and I mentioned that because, again, he was a night owl, and he would be up until three or four in the morning. And if, and if he was up or maybe one or two and then fall asleep, whatever, if he was up during that time, we would have to be up during that time because he was working. Yeah. And then when those bids started coming up at six in the morning, we would have to be up to get those bids. So this is where the really... And then he really, would be sleeping. Exactly. And he would be sleeping till 12 or one or two or three, whatever it was. But this is where that really, and we'd always, were, I was away from home a lot, and we've we've chronicled that. But this right now, and it, at this point right now, is when it really took a turn for the worse. Um, and it was about two straight years of me working, I mean, there's 24 hours in a day, 18 hours? Yeah. Maybe more? Yeah, 19. Yeah. Close to 20, actually. Yeah, I would, I would, from this point for the next two years, I would get home um, from his house or the other people's house at three or four in the morning, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit later. And sometimes I'd have to get home at three or four in the morning and then get on a conference call again at home. Um, And then would have to be up by seven or eight and going to work by that point. Yeah. So... This is where the, about a two-year span happened where I was seeing Carly never. Yeah. Um, she'd be asleep when I got home and she'd be asleep when I left. Yeah. But, <clears throat> so, you guys started this business. You were doing it out of his house and someone else's apartment kind of down the street. 
Um, at what point did you guys get an office? Well, for the first three or four months, obviously, we were looking for an office because we thought this was going to be the next big thing, and we had to meet with clients, and we needed an office. And my suggestion was that there's offices you can buy per hour or maybe once per week, and I thought this would be a good solution. Clients could meet us at an office and still feel like we were a legitimate business, but we didn't have to pay a lot for it. Because you, you guys weren't making any money. We were making money, but not a lot. But we, at this point, we were building quite a bit of clientele because we were doing it for next to nothing. So we were building a portfolio that was pretty large. Not saying it was the best work, but it was a pretty large portfolio of different things we had done from graph design to um, flyers to advertisements to videos to photography. And um, But we came to a point where we did he thought we needed an office and I was trying to steer us towards something cheaper. And um, there was a studio in Culver City that we recorded our um, great worship album at. And the the owner of the studio, was, was he was legit, really good. Um, it was a great studio. And a six months into the business a room next to a studio came open in Culver City. And, of course, we thought this was a sign from God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why the, wouldn't it the be? The room came open, not the upstairs? The, sorry, the upstairs next to it. It yeah. was like a big, it was three rooms. It was huge, yeah, it was yeah, huge. Yeah, but it was next to it. Um, and we thought it was a sign, well, he th- our pastor thought it was a sign from God. Well, we all did, like, mostly. Yeah, because we worked with a guy, he knew us, we knew him. It was yeah. in like, you know, you want to be in Culver City. It was, you know, three blocks away from Fox Studios. It was a, it was an area that was up, not up and coming. I mean, it was established as a, a entertainment area. Well, and it felt like if, if, if this company is going to be big, like we know it's going to be and like bring in millions or whatever, like we felt prophetically was going to be happening. And then this, this felt like a sign from God that, this would come available, this location, blah, blah, blah. When in reality, if you actually are like smart business person, you don't even have to be a smart business person, but thinking about, okay, how much can you actually afford on rental location? Um, Like location wise is like, does that work for everybody? Like, are you even paying your staff? Like at what point do you pay your staff? And how much do we actually need an office? Right. I mean, and this place was like, what? Probably like 2,000 square feet, 2,500 square feet. No, it wasn't that big, but it was big. Um, <clears throat> and it was ended up being, I remember the pastor had called me because I was, you know, the regional manager. <laughs> Basically, I was a person who ran the company because he was not smart enough to do it. Um, and said, this came open. Can you believe it? Isn't this from God? And I think it, it was over $3,000 a month. Yeah. Um, for it, and I remember saying, I just... This is 10 years ago, too. 12 years ago. I just don't think we can afford it. And at this point, we were bringing in over $3,000 a month to the business. But you've got to remember... Well, you've got to remember, we're bringing in over $3,000 a month, but there is at least six people working full-time, closer to eight in a business, and you're bringing in four or $5,000 a month. Wait, now it's four or five? 
I, I think at this point it was okay. like it, it was, it was a little bit more. It was more than what the rent was. No, it was maybe like right where the rent was. Probably yeah, right was, around four thousand dollars, and rent was like thirty five hundred. And I just thought, why? But no one's no one's being paid. Like, yeah, we could rent this building, but wouldn't it be better if we just continue to build clientele and then, you know? So but where was that money going? Like, you never got paid. You didn't get paid one. No, dollar. I didn't. Um, we were all on a on a phone. It was paying for all our the employees' phones, most cell of them. Phone? Yeah, cell phones. Okay. So I think it was like fifteen hundred dollars a month going to cell phones, um, because it was like six or seven people, and then. I don't know where the rest of it was going. His it, cable it, bill. Well, that was that a different was story. Yeah, that was a different story eventually that really broke my back. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it just, it, I mean, it was going to Michael's runs. <laughs> <laughs> and we still had a little bit of money left over from, from what we had made in the game show. So that was funding a little bit of what was going on still. Well, and remember we went, like, on a, you guys went on a full-on shopping spree to furnish the office let's not forget that we did but both of the uh, couches we bought came from the swap meet in Torrance but Ben you guys spent you guys got a conference table right but that was on credit on my credit and we were paying it every month and when everything went down we still paid it off I know but what I'm saying is you guys spent like what $1,500 on a conference table yeah that it was it was just like it's still in our house. It was it's just our, like it's if our you, dinner table now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great table, but I just remember thinking, you guys are just starting a business and like why are you buying like such expensive things that you don't like necessarily need right now? And I get and but I do remember at the time too, it was it was almost like faking it until you make it, but that was the big phrase, fake it till you make yeah, it. Yeah, which I, I told, hate that phrase now. Anybody who says that, shove it up. <laughs> you know what? And I don't. I don't necessarily mind that phrase because I think that that is like pertinent to today's day and age in a lot of ways. But it was more like it, it was such an abusive situation. It became more and more abusive that you couldn't really fake it till you make it because we're never gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So like, <clears throat> yeah, you guys had that expensive table, but. You couldn't ever eat, like, you didn't have anything to eat. No. Like, you guys were starving, and at one point, one of the guys was living in the office. Well, he had a place, but, yeah. But he had so much work, he was there 24 hours a day. Yeah, his chair smelled like B.O. It was bad. He never got a shower. It was, I mean, he, he couldn't go home to shower. It was, it was really bad. But, let's take it but back to getting... But why couldn't he go home to shower? Because, because there was important. there was so much to do. Right. And if and, he were, was not and at if his he desk wasn't when there, he was called... When he was called, then he wasn't working hard enough. He'd be in trouble. Because we were all giving everything we had. So, when we went to this building, um, the building owner, in order for our business to rent the building, our business was not around long enough to have a credit of its own. So he needed people to sign the lease with their own credit. So someone, it couldn't just be HW Design Inc. on the lease. It had to be a person. And lo and behold, (laughs) what was the person that somehow didn't have horrible credit? It was Ben and Carly. (laughs) Yours truly. (laughs) 
So <clears throat> I ended up signing my name on the lease. Even big, though it was a big mistake. Huge. <laughs> big mistake. Huge. <laughs> Even though it was a business building, um, my name was on the lease. Yeah. And that started in about June of that year. So we were business for about six months working. But your name was also on the business. Name, yeah, but a lot of people's name was on the business. But, but I thought yours was like the most important one that made it very difficult in years to come to remove yourself from. No, there was four of us on there okay. equally, equal shares. Okay. Equal shares of the company that had zero. So what's <laughs> what's equal of zero? What's, what's four, four divided di- by zero? <laughs> no, what's zero divided by four? What's zero divided by four? <laughs> zero. <laughs> Um, but this is, this is where it all started, not going to say started to turn because it turned long ago, but this is where it became just crazy, just complete madness, working a crazy amount of hours, not getting paid a dime. Um, working 20 hours. And then when we went to Culver City, especially it was a, the traffic was always bad and, and my car broke. So I had a buddy that lived in Torrance, so he would pick me up in his car. Um, eventually, we'd pick up another employee that was coming to work at the business that was at the church. And then we would drive up together every day. And that's very important because those car rides began to break down something in how we were feeling about the situation we were in. Um, you guys were never able to share, <clears throat> those of you who were at the office all day, never able to share like your frustration and all of this. Like we're never able to like say, this is crazy. Like, you know, we either need to go home or, you know, like this is frustrating. Like much like our relationship was in terms of like not really able to communicate about anything. You guys couldn't really either because he would always seem to find out if there was anybody complaining about anything. And this is one of the weird situations of, what we were in is that we'd have conversations and then he'd have a conference call for everybody at the business and it would be about a conversation one of us just had and we're like, God told on us. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like that happened like all it, the time. It freaked me out. I'm like, I he's speaking directly to me even though he's not saying my name. Yeah. And part of it was we learned that he was very good at getting information from everybody around him. Yeah. So he would talk to everybody on a daily basis and get all the stuff he could about situations to be able to manipulate it mm-hmm. so that he could call and it would be like, wow, we just had the conversation three hours ago. Well, he talked to someone who heard the conversation three hours ago and it made it very scary for, for those of us who like really believe that this was God's calling. Like, wow, like God's on his side. Well, and he would even say that too. Like, he would always bring God into it in a way where it was like you truly did like fear for just like you feared God, like not in a healthy way, (laughs) you know, but like really had to, you felt like God would, yeah, God was on his side that he would tell him anything. And you really had to be careful not to raise your tongue against him in any sort of way because God would tell him that's how it felt. Yeah. And that's how he made it feel to us. Yeah. So these car rides began to break some of that down with with someone who's one of my best friends to this day. Um, and we started to have this feeling because we're, we're working a crazy amount, crazy, I mean crazy hours. Um, 
And then when we go to Culver City, <laughs> and again, this is good business practice for just starting a business is you wanted to do door-to-door sales. So we had two people doing door-to-door sales every day, and then I would go every once in a while in Beverly Hills. So every day, they would go to Beverly Hills and walk door-to-door and ask if people needed design or printing needs. Like actual like retail stores and stuff. Retail stores in yeah. Beverly Hills, though. I mean, like high-end stores. And I remember going once, and I look back at it now, and the only suits I had at the time were the uh, like three for $99 wool suits from like... <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking, you know, I was dressed really nice. I had a shirt and a tie on with a suit. And I just cannot imagine what those people thought when I walked into their building, their high prestigious building in my three for $99 wool suit saying, do you need graphic design? Do you have needs, graphic design or printing or advertising or marketing needs? Because we could take it. We're we're a one-stop shop. We'll take care of it all. You need video? We'll do video. You need pictures? We'll do pictures. You need a flyer? We'll do a flyer. You You need need a logo? We'll do a logo. You need barbecue? We got you. (laughs) You want to feed your clients? We'll feed your clients. Which I always feel like people that do business like that are like obviously struggling for money, struggling for business, and are like so desperate. Like if someone leaves a flyer on my car for something, I'm like, I'm never going to call you because (laughs) I'm first of all annoyed that you had to go to this distance to like get business then the other part of me is like, wow, I've been there. <laughs> but it just, it's like so not legit doing this sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. But man, you guys like hustled in your hustled. burgundy wool suits. Hustled. With, hustled. With pit stains. Big time hustle. <laughs> um, our pastor actually gave one of my friends some of his old suits. <laughs> like cigarette burns in them and stuff. But he would he was really good at at getting things out of people. So his suits were actually there was like an Italian designer downtown that he'd go and buy suits and they were like almost a thousand dollars a piece. The which, suits that he Which bought. makes so much sense when you're making negative thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him we went to go look at suits with him once and there was two suits he liked and we were with another one of the people in the church who had a little more money and the person in the church was like, Oh, those both look great on you. Those are great. He's like, Oh great. You'll buy both for me. And basically shamed him into buying two suits. And I remember it was like almost $2,000 and thinking, dang, Oh my, <laughs> I could just use five of those dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and driving back and forth from Culver city from the South Bay, it, it was, we didn't have enough money for gas multiple times. Uh, I mean, I put I started putting all the gas on a credit card that we had paid off. It was crazy. We had paid off a credit card with our winnings, and then I just started putting more money on the credit card again because it's the only way we could pay for gas. Yeah, we were back in debt beyond what we originally were in, like, within, what, six months? Yeah, probably close to that. By the time the fall came that, that year? Yeah. Within um, a year, yeah. Within a year. And then... A lot more happened with this business that made it even worse that we'll um, 
touch on in a, in a later episode, but one story before we move on is we were trying to get a um, an agreement with, was it a wine company in Beverly Hills? I don't remember. Yes. <laughs> a wine company in Beverly Hills, and we had bought a nice camera and actually a really good video camera and um, had two people who did photography, and we were trying to, to do their magazine and we said that you know we could we basically knew models and we could do a model agent (laughs) (laughs) this is what happens when you feel like i just have to do something to make this work so this is a beverly it's called well i'm not going to tell you what it's called because i don't even want to give it away but it is a wine company you think it's still around yeah i guarantee it is it was if they hired us they're not around no they didn't end up hiring us that's so good on they're for sure around yeah they're around Called the wine merchant. Um, I'll tell you because they didn't hire us. They're smart people. Um, so we were almost going to get hired, and they said, "Well, we need a photo shoot for a magazine. We need some models." So in classic us fashion, um, and you weren't like a front-facing person, like the other two guys. No, I wasn't board. on the road all the time. Right. Like, um, so they didn't know your face. In other words, they didn't know my face. Um, so (laughs) not yet at least (laughs) we had to come up with eight to 10 males and eight to 10 females to bring to their store to take pictures with their products. And then they would choose those models if they wanted them to be a part of their ad campaign. Wait, all those people that were there that day, we, we brought yeah, Craigslist, bro. Oh my gosh, serious? <laughs> yeah. Talk about band of misfits. <laughs> so we got a bunch of people on like Craigslist. I never to come. knew that yeah, that was. We got them all. Yeah. Us? Okay. <laughs> we were innovative. But two, well, the, of, two of those models, again, yours truly. <laughs> show! <laughs> But we had to pretend we didn't we know each other. We had to pretend like we didn't know each other and we didn't know our buddy who was who was <laughs> taking the pictures. So we had to pretend like we had to walk from different areas to the store and pretend like we and didn't know each other. And take pictures with like wine. And with wine and like different people, like like, like hugging social, yeah, other like people socially. Social, not, yeah. not anything weird, but like, you know, like I'm flirting with a girl and taking a picture and like, well, my wife is sitting <laughs> next to me. Like, I don't know her. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that was the case. I'm so much more embarrassed now. <laughs> I thought like they were all different just models that came in. Yeah, we brought them in. Okay, but I didn't realize that that was like our pitch. Oh, yeah. I thought <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Because I remember our buddy saying, "Oh yeah, they really liked they liked us like as in you and me." <laughs> now I think he probably was just saying that. But really, they didn't like any of us. They didn't hire us. No, they didn't. I always wondered what happened with that. I didn't know that that was that was our pitch, and they just didn't hire us. Yeah, I think they ended up just my feelings are never calling us back. (laughs) Apparently, my uh, wool thirty three dollars suit didn't impress them. Apparently, we need to keep our day jobs, which Ben obviously did, so... <laughs> I kept it. Regional manager. Booyah. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that was the case. Yes. That's so 
mortifying. It is. I it wish is. we had those pictures somewhere. I'm sure we do. Don't we have... We could get them from somebody. I don't know. If you guys are lucky, we'll see if we can find them. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I know that I said that was going to be the last story, um, but there were also posters we made. Um, and if you want to talk about embarrassing trying to sell things, all right, this is this is major embarrassment. Um, when Michael Jackson passed away... Um, <laughs> That's not funny. Sorry. I no. Just, I'm laughing the about story. the story. Our pastor made... Well, first of all, I remember our pastor <laughs> calling and sobbing. <laughs> like, sobbing. And I remember thinking, yeah, I mean, he was a good artist, but... No, you didn't like, know why he was crying. Remember? He was, like, really upset. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like, I'm so emotional. I'm like, oh, are you okay? What's the matter? Michael Jackson died, like, just bawling on the phone. And so in tribute to that, he um, made some tribute posters of Michael Jackson, Mm -hmm. as well as one other designer. I think we had four tribute posters of Michael Jackson. And... um, (laughs) That you guys tried to sell. Yeah. I mean, we didn't sell it on a website. (laughs) Um, Let's just say this. Uh, At Staples Center, they had a memorial for Michael Jackson, just like a going away... And you'll you'll never guess who was outside the Staples Center <laughs> trying to sell posters that we printed. Oh, it was us. <laughs> Not the pastor, you guys. He yeah. would never do that. So if you can imagine having a funeral of someone and then standing outside the funeral trying to sell posters. <laughs> yeah. That's but at least you had the experience from selling t-shirts the previous Christmas. Very good. Yes, I did. <laughs> um... Also, when Obama became president, we made Obama posters. And one of them was so strange. He did. It was a poster of Obama with, like, a cowboy hat on. and um, what? Yeah. But there was four Obama posters that we tried to sell to. We tried to sell to a lot of people. So um, those were two posters we made. <laughs> Very. Not a lot of uh, traction on those. <laughs> not a lot. Oh, my gosh. Well, this business goes on for many years, but we'll end this episode tonight leading up to when we went to Africa at the end of this 2008. Um, how did we even start like talking about that? Because we... Well, we had this sister church in um, Nashville. Wh- oh, yeah. Okay, we and, talked about that. And we had done, by this time, two different things in Nashville with them, and then they had had someone come to their church who was in Nigeria and had asked us to come and lead worship there. Okay. They were going to be doing like a worship revival week or something, right? Yep. So we were going to be going in October of 2008 to Africa, and that's probably what our next episode will be about, that trip and what went on there. Yep. Yippers. This week's final four is our obsessions. So meaning this could be like latest obsession, something you've been obsessed with most of your life, um, something that you're just like just all about. Yeah, it doesn't matter how long. So different than the guilty pleasures because this is not necessarily... The guilty pleasure is more like 
kind of not as positive of a thing that you do every once in a while, but this is, this, these can be things that you are just all about all the time. Yeah, which Carly had to explain to me because I thought, isn't it the same thing? It's No, it's not even close to the same as, as a guilty pleasure. An obsession is completely different than a guilty pleasure. Obsession is, or guilty pleasure to me is like more of a negative thing. Whereas an obsession, I'm taking I'm taking it as like these are positive or maybe not positive, but they're just not negative things necessarily that like we love so much. Okay, you can start. Okay, um, my first one f- for me is chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> I have an obsession with chapstick, <laughs> almost to the point where I think it's like an OCD thing that if I don't have it with me, if I don't have some on me <laughs> and my lips are chapped, it's like so I'm, true. I go into like a panic mode because <laughs> let's be honest, there's nothing worse than having chapped lips and nothing to remedy it. <laughs> Am I right? It's one of the you're, worst things. You're right. But it's so, <laughs> it's so terrible. It's an obsession. It is sure. an, it's an obsession. And I don't want to hear people say that the more chapstick you use, the more like you need it. Yeah, I've heard that before, yeah. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true. Because, yeah, it just, it, that doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And I, I don't want to be fixed, so just stop trying to fix me. Um, so chapstick, for sure, is something that I always have. I put it on before I go to bed no, very heavily. Before yes, I put mentholatum on before like I go a, to bed. an th- inch thick. Yes. Um, because... <laughs> An inch above her lips and below her lips. Yeah, around my lips, I like it <laughs> because that's where I tend to get chapped is uh, like around my lips, not necessarily on my lips. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. I don't know what else to say. But mentholatum, we like always used it when we were little and it's actually really hard to find nowadays. Um, FYI. <laughs> but um, yes, the mentholatum, because I, I hate waking up in the middle of the night with my lips being chapped or waking <laughs> yeah, up with my lips being chapped. It's yeah, terrible. Right. So, I used to not care, but now I care. But I'm also very specific. So this is maybe going back to, <laughs> um, just, I'm just now again, affirming my, <laughs> um, my particularness. Um, I don't like chapstick has to have some sort of like, um, uh, what's it called? Cooling Medica- feature. Yes. Yeah. Medicated feature. So like the Blistex medicated, like the green tube or like the dark teal tube or, um, I don't love Carmex. I feel like Carmex does dry my lips out eventually. It doesn't last very long. Um, I could talk about this for hours. So <laughs> just get the hook when you feel necessary. Yeah, and I feel like when I met you, you never wore lipstick. It was always chapstick. Yeah. Chapstick or lip gloss, but even lip gloss now I have to put chapstick on before lip gloss, which is really hard when you're wear like a long wear lipstick because it just, they don't mix well with like chapstick underneath, but oh gosh, that's like the next worst thing is having like a long wear lipstick on chapped lips. It like looks terrible as well as it feels terrible, <laughs> but, um, I don't, I, I absolutely hate chapstick that has sunscreen in it. If it can have sunscreen in it, if it has like a medicated feature as well, but like chapstick sunscreen is 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 awful. It's really bad. And don't even get me started on a flavor of chapsticks. <laughs> okay. I'm go ahead now. <laughs> okay. Um this is maybe a little surprising because I feel like you're more obsessed with this than me, but it's it's been always an obsession for me is shoes. Mm. Like I, mm. I've always loved shoes. I've I remember even 
freshman year in high school wanting to get this certain pair of Nike Air Ups. So I've always I've always loved shoes and, and you have more shoes than me, you take better care of your shoes and I I just Yeah, you don't necessarily spend no, the money I'm, on Yeah, I'm not like shoes. a guy who has like every pair of Jordans. I have zero Jordans. I would love to have some, but I just I hate spending money too because I'm Dutch. So I do hate spending money. <laughs> so but I do love I, I really do like shoes. I feel like it just it it brings things together. I, I like a good pair of shoes. Yeah, that's true because that, that is something I always like to buy for you is shoes yes. or something you usually ask for for your birthday every single year is yeah. a new pair of shoes. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Okay, number two for you. <clears throat> um, my next one is um, Felicity. <laughs> How many times does this come up? <laughs> we have not talked about Felicity once on this podcast. Oh. I thought we did. No. Favorite TV shows, I said. Oh, true. Okay. Well, Felicity is an obsession of mine. I can't even begin to express how many times I've watched all four seasons through. Ben's eyes are like (laughs) just rolling in the back of his head. Um, My obsession started with Felicity when I was in high school. I was a freshman when the first season aired. She was a freshman in college. So I felt this connection to her. We went through four years of school together. And she has curly hair like Carly. She has curly hair. She was really one of the only Hollywood stars with curly hair. So that was like really important to me. And (laughs) (laughs) you're laughing because, (laughs) well, I mean, there's not a lot of people with curly hair. So I, I felt very, um, I felt very known by her <laughs> and, and just, yeah, loved everything about her, loved everything about the show. And when I met you and your name was Ben, it was like, of course it is because her love interest in the show's name was Ben, obviously. And it just was like, it was just meant to be. But Felicity is one of those shows that like never gets old to me. I could rewatch it a million times. I know every detail about it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's one of the best. It's, I would say it's one of my obsessions. I love Carrie Russell. Um, and I've loved her in like everything she's done. She's just, she's fabulous. (laughs) Very good. My second one (laughs) is, is buying books. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is so true. (laughs) I do really enjoy reading. So I do read a lot. And especially I went to a conference a couple of years ago and they said that if you read 20 minutes a day and retain the information, you're in the top 1% learners of the entire world. So now so, we get Amazon packages at least <laughs> twice a week sent to our house. So every time I see a book, I'm like, oh, I'd love to read that book. I, I get it. Yes, Because books are books are relatively inexpensive and I just think, I would love to read that book. And you, I read a lot spent of them. Thousands of dollars on books these past couple years. I read a lot of them. <laughs> I, I read every single one, just whether I read the entire thing through. But I, I read. So it every doesn't count one. at all. Doesn't that doesn't mean you read it? Well, sometimes I feel like you can read the first couple chapters and feel like okay, I know what this book is about. That's so false. Then you should return it. Okay. <laughs> But I'm not, you know, I'm not like a fiction book guy. I'm like a total no, like, like nonfiction, like like inspirational books. Yeah, kind like of, yeah, business. One of my books. favorite books is The Power of Habit. Mm-hmm. I love that That's book. A good book. I, and and I've read it a couple times. I think it's incredible about how the brain works with habit. And um, you know, I 
new brain, new you is what I'm reading currently. I mean, it's it's mostly nonfiction stuff. I yeah. just I like learning. <clears throat> yeah, they're and, yeah they're like learning and books. That's probably I, I probably have more books than I probably need. Yeah, well, I, I for that. sure That's... need more books. <laughs> I have more books. I forgot about that one. That's definitely true. It's always something like okay, I always like so I'll hear something. Book. I'll hear something or read something, and someone will mention a book, or I'll read something about another book with a footnote about another book. And I'm like, I'd love to read that book. I'll buy it. <laughs> You're on Amazon that second. Yep. Gosh, thank Amazon God for Prime Amazon. Has murdered our life. Oh my gosh! But also brought so much joy. It sparked so much joy. Um. <laughs> Is that all you have to say about that? Yes. Okay. My third one, I'm saving my best one for last, but okay. my third one is um, good ice water. <laughs> That's for sure true. <laughs> I love good <laughs> <That is for laughs> sure. ice water. It's got to be iced. I do not like room temperature water. I don't like slightly cold water. I like ice water, and I like good water. Um, some good waters, Fiji's good. I feel like that's always like the go-to is Fiji. I actually prefer, totally, but I actually prefer Aquafina the most. I like Aquafina a lot. Um, Some days I'd I'd rather rather die of thirst than drink a bottle of Arrowhead or Nestle, which is, the Nestle is actually what we have, like what we have on campus where I work, you no longer work there. and like all, it's all filtered through like Nestle, which I've gotten used to it. It's fine, but it's terrible water. It's so terrible. Arrowhead is terrible. I don't know what it is, but I love Aquafina water. Um, I mean, I don't consider myself very high maintenance, but I don't enjoy sink water. I can go to a different, like in Colorado, sink water like is significantly different than like when we go home to see your family. Um, or like I, I remember even being going to Canada, like it just tastes so different than it does here in California. So I like filtered water, um, and I like good water, and I like it to be super cold. Which That's, is so everything is opposite of what I like, because I will drink, yeah, tap water, yeah, ten times out of ten. And I don't mind tap water if, if it's cold. Yeah, and I only drink water from the tap. And I don't like cold water. Yeah. I, I want room temperature water because I want to be able to drink it in less Does it hurt than your a teeth? second. It hurts my teeth a little bit. And I like, I, I haven't, okay, one of my obsessions, and I didn't, I, this is going to be one of my obsessions, is drinking water and being hydrated. Excuse that is, me, you're, you're, taking, you're <laughs> taking my platform right now. This is, I'm not finished. Um, okay, Cold water, the ends. <laughs> so now this is come into my top four because this is like a complete obsession it is being hydrated yes is is one of it it is the number one obsession in my life i if if i pee and it's not clear i i internally start to panic (laughs) and i think well this is why you're tired this is why you have no energy this is why you're gonna pull a muscle everything (laughs) everything that goes along with being dehydrated I, I can't handle it. I, I haven't, I, I, and when I drink water, I don't sit and sip water. I, I will just guzzle a gallon at a time. Well, that's like most things you do. Like yeah. you drink your coffee, you wait for it to cool. I wait for it to cool it. down and then I drink you, it as fast as I can. You slop your food in your mouth as fast as possible yeah. and as loudly as possible. <laughs> but I, I, I drink so much water cause I'm, 
I'm so afraid of being dehydrated. Yeah. So that wasn't in my top four, but it's in my top four now. <laughs> For sure, 100% water and being hydrated. That's more, <laughs> I feel like that falls more into like your um, addictions than it does <laughs> obsessions, which maybe will have an addictive personality um, final four at my some point. Yeah, my entire life. Yeah. Everything Ben does will fall under the category. <laughs> Okay, well, what was your other third one? It was uh, Lululemon. So I, I love those pants. It's great. I mean, there's nothing to dispute about that. Nothing else to say. You love Lululemon. I yeah. mean, and rightly so. I equally love Lululemon. But Ben has become quite <laughs> the snob about his pants. And like where you would question me. I mean, we've, t- me, we've talked about we've talked about not finding <clears> pants that <throat> fit. They fit. Okay, they're they're extremely comfortable. They look nice. There's there's nothing better than some Lulu. You absolutely get what you pay for it with Lulu. Without um, but my point being is that if I were to ever try to convince you that I needed four different colors in the exact same pair of pants, you would think I was crazy. But you have four pairs of pants. No, I don't. I have three. But thank you. Okay. Sorry. The fourth ones haven't arrived in the mail yet. No, there's, there's three and I get one per year. So over the past three years, I've gotten one per year. Yeah, they are great pants, and they look great on you. Um, yeah. And it's it's more like recently, like the past couple of years, been yeah. your obsession as you got your first pair. And yeah, never I never thought back. I would never thought I would do it. And then well, you, you never con- thought you'd you like them over too. like nice. Yeah, I think we got you, you convinced me too. Joggers and and, and like I and five, I just five six years ago. And it, they're just so comfortable. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Okay, so my final one, most important. <laughs> okay, I hope you guys are ready for. The hours and hours I could talk about this obsession. Do you have any idea what it is? <laughs> you could only imagine. <laughs> um, the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> that or Princess Di's funeral, one of the two. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's more of a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Carly <laughs> videotaped everything about Princess Di's funeral. <laughs> I know I'm not alone. I have some other friends that are equally as obsessed. Okay, so the Olympics. I am obsessed with the Olympics. (laughs) Okay, let's just for a couple minutes talk about the 96 Olympics in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, I have the entire Olympics recorded on VHS. (laughs) I'm pretty confident that my parents still own it. But this was like, this was an iconic moment in, in the history of gymnastics in the Olympics, right? Because... I don't know. You tell me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were behind going into the last vault for the gold. The Russians were beating us. Dominic Mucciano fell twice like a, like a fool. So, Carrie <laughs> <clears throat> Strug had her two vault um, rotations that she had to do. She completely over-rotated on the first one and fell and hurt her ankle terribly. We all remember this. And we were like, what's going to happen? Like, she she has to land this next vault in order for us to win the gold. Like, this was huge. Magnificent Seven. Like, I mean, I can go on forever about talking about these girls. They were like, they were icons. Carrie Strug, she gets up on that, that last vault. She's hurt her ankle. She can, like, barely walk. I mean, she, like, very terribly damaged it. She runs, jumps, lands. 
it was like the most, I'm getting chills just thinking about it (laughs) when she lands that. And then Bella Crowley has to carry her to the award ceremony and she's in that brace in her ankle because she can't and she's like waving as they put on those gold medals. I will like never forget that moment in the history of my entire life. Women's gymnastics is probably the best part of the Summer Olympics as well as the swimming. And even love the Winter Olympics. I mean, just everything is just so exciting about it. Um, yeah, I just, I love everything Olympics related. Um, yeah, true. I had a, a coworker who equally loves the Olympics. Um, and we would wear red, white, and blue the first day of Summer Olympics and Winter Olympics when we worked together. <sighs> I, when are they on again? We've got... Um, Two more years for summer? I don't know. Okay. You tell me. I should know that, yeah. I, I need to think about it, but I don't have the time. <laughs> Anyways, that's, that is my final obsession, probably my biggest obsession. Yeah, that's true. Um, I love all things Olympics. Go to Very USA. True. Very true. Um, my final one will be quick with this. It's been a while on this podcast. Um, protein in every meal oh is an obsession. I, I just... The main of my existence. <laughs> we we did the Daniel fast for a while, and you know there was so to be clear maybe not fit- not not protein okay, not protein every meal like meat protein in every meal yeah okay yeah. so it's not like beans I got some protein from beans or I got some protein from lentils or it's I need some meat protein in every meal but you meant i think it's more you mentally think that right than like you're actually like your body actually needs it yeah probably (laughs) but i do so that's a major obsession like what's an example (laughs) i'll give one (laughs) okay carly will give one (laughs) well like an example would be you make eggs for breakfast which are full of protein are mostly protein and cholesterol and then you put like sh- like chopped up turkey into it which to me I'm like that's our lunch meat like why are like why do you need this in your eggs when you're already having protein in your eggs and now you're like double protein up when like this is our lunch meat that you're using for your eggs yeah and usually my answer to that is can I make the eggs the way I want to make them <laughs> that's usually the answer is it okay if I put some if I make some scrambled eggs with some turkey in them and, then my and res- some cheese. And my response is, would you like to grocery shop then? <laughs> yeah, that, that is usually the response. But yeah, you you definitely need, like I couldn't possibly ever make a meal without some sort of meat protein. Yeah, I feel like I've gotten better over the past year since we've done some different diets. And um, I haven't been as adamant about being 220 pounds and trying to maintain my muscle mass. And I, I think that was always it. I was always trying to lift hard. So if I'm not going to get two yeah. times my body weight and protein, then how am I going to build muscle? And yeah. so I feel like the last year has been a little bit better with that. But yeah, for sure an obsession. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. Yeah, that's all of them. That's all of them. Well, it's not all of them. But <laughs> for the all evening. All the obsessions I have. <laughs> for the evening, that is, that is it. See you all next right. time. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining.
joining us on Biography. Please subscribe or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Biography. See you next time.